The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to Episode 5 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the classic radio theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two half-hour comedy episodes of Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden. We'll begin after this break. In January 1948, CBS developed the then-titled radio comedy series Our Miss Booth with stage actress Shirley Booth, later TV's Hazel, recording and audition pilot. When Booth decided to leave the project, the lead role in Meet Miss Brooks, now retitled, was open again. Executives offered the role to Lucille Ball, but she had to pass because she was under contract as star of the radio series My Favorite Husband. Wanting to help, Ball suggested Eve Arden for the role, which led to an audition. CBS signed Arden as star in what was eventually retitled Our Miss Brooks, a situation comedy that would span nine years on radio and four years on television. The series centered on Connie Brooks, a smart, sharp-witted, lovable English teacher at Madison High School. Between gentle wisecracks, Miss Brooks doted on nerdish student Walter Denton, played by Richard Crenna, and frequently locked horns with crusty, cranky Principal Osgood Conklin, played by Gail Gordon. Many plot lines revolved around Miss Brooks's longing for Philip Boynton, played by Jeff Chandler and later Robert Rockwell on TV, the school's bashful biology teacher. The rest, as they say, is history. Ironically, it would be Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz's company, Desi Lou, that would later become the production company for the Our Miss Brooks TV series. It's time for the first of two Our Miss Brooks radio episodes. This first one, Miss Brooks and her friends are planning a Halloween party at Principal Osgood Conklin's house. Here's Eve Arden in Our Miss Brooks. Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay and palm olive shave creams for a smoother, more comfortable way to shave bring you Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks under the direction of Al Lewis. Well, the nation's teachers took advantage of their Easter vacation in various ways. Some just lolled around the house, others played tennis or golf, and still others took the opportunity to go hunting or fishing. Our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, spent most of her time trapping. But no matter what kind of bait I used, Mr. Boynton refused to fall into the trap. <laughs> I was discussing the bashful biologist with my landlady at breakfast last Friday morning. <clears throat> It's not that Mr. Boynton isn't fond of me, Mrs. Davis. This past week has proven that he is. In what way, Connie? 
Well, during the regular school term, Mr. Boynton has asked me for exactly one date a week, right? Right. And where did he take me on each and every one of those dates? The zoo, right? Right. But in the past four days alone, he's taken me out on three dates. And where did he take you? If I see one more hyena, I'll laugh in his face. (laughs) Of course, you can't really blame a scientist for being so interested in animal life, but there must be some way we can get him conditioned to people. (laughs) There's still only one foolproof way to attract a mate, Connie, and that's the old-fashioned down-to-earth method practiced by women throughout the ages. Mrs. Davis, you mean... Exactly. Cook him a good hot meal. That'll make him perk up his ears and eyes. He'll either perk up his ears or turn up his toes. (laughs) You know what kind of a cook I am, Mrs. Davis. I'll do the actual cooking, Connie. All you have to do is invite him. Well, he said he'd phone me this morning. Maybe I can ask him over for lunch. Splendid. What time did he say he'd call? At 9.30. You know how punctual he is. Yes, indeed. You can set your watch by Mr. Boynton. What time is it now, Connie? Let's see. Well, that's funny. It's just 9.30 now. I guess Mr. Boynton overslept. I'll get it. Hello? Sorry I'm late, Miss Brooks. Oh, you're not very late, Mr. Boynton. Well, I'm afraid it's past 9.31, and I said I'd call at 9.30. Well, that's all right. I whiled away the time by whipping up a pot roast. Miss Brooks, in all the years we've known each other, we've never shared in any one big venture together. Aren't you forgetting your gasoline bill? (laughs) No, I'm serious, Miss Brooks. I'm not much of a boy for these kind of speeches, but, well, I feel that the time has come for me to take a step that might well be the turning point in my life. Why, Mr. Boynton? Miss Brooks... I've got a proposal to make to you. I do. I mean... (laughs) I mean, go ahead, Mr. Boynton. What I'm suggesting is a a partnership. A partnership founded on mutual regard, integrity, and a simple handshake. My hand's shaking already. (laughs) Naturally, I'd like you to keep this proposition a secret until we work out all the details. Naturally, naturally. And I... I don't like to talk about a thing like this on the phone. Would it be possible for you to have lunch with me today? Possible? It's positively probable. (laughs) Uh, What time and where, Mr. Boynton? Well, you mentioned a pot roast, I believe. Oh, of course. We'll have lunch right here. How about 12 o'clock? I'll be there, Miss Brooks. And somehow I have the feeling that this might lead to pretty big things. If they take after us, they should be. (laughs) Well... Goodbye, Mr. Boynton, dear. Goodbye, Miss Brooks, likewise. (laughs) Mrs. Davis, it was Mr. Boynton, and he's coming over to lunch. Good. We still have most of that pot roast you made for last night's dinner, haven't we? Certainly, dear. All you'll have to figure out is what to put around the roast. How about Mr. Boynton and me? (laughs) Oh, you mean like, like vegetables and things? Yes, and you'll want a nice dessert, too. Why don't you stop in at the drugstore and get one of their ice cream cakes? All right, I'll leave in a few minutes. And while you're in the drugstore, I wish you'd pick up a couple of batteries for my flashlight. And, oh, yes, I need a new garden hose, too. Which drugstore do you have in mind? The one that sells used cars? (laughs) 
No, the one on Elm Street. You know where my brother Victor got those pretty doe-skin slacks. Of course, uh, the flashlight batteries are only sold in the electronics department. That's in the rear. I know. Just before you come to the psychiatrist's office. <laughs> I wonder whatever happened to the old-fashioned drugstores. The kind that used to sell peroxide and blue jay corn plasters and Hammond organs. There. The table's all set for lunch, Connie. What time did Mr. Boynton say you was coming? Twelve o'clock, Mrs. Davis. Uh, what time is it now? It's about as twelve o'clock as it'll ever get. <laughs> But before I let Mr. Boynton in, Mrs. Davis, I'd like to ask a favor of you. What is it, Connie? Well, so far it's a big secret, but Mr. Boynton has something very important to say to me today, and I'd appreciate it if you'd, well, just sort of make yourself scarce while he's here. Oh, I get you, Connie. Don't worry about a thing. I'll do it very tactfully. Be right with you. Hi. I hope I haven't kept you waiting, Miss Brooks. It's only been four years. I mean... Oh, you mean for lunch? Oh, not at all. Come on in, Mr. Boynton. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Oh, hello, Mrs. Davis. How are you? Oh, I can't complain. How's the weather out today? Well, I should say that the temperature's about 68, with a relative humidity about 20. However, barometric pressure indicates a warm front moving in from the southeast, which, which would elevate the thermometer considerably. Roger, Wilco, over and out. <laughs> I'd like to stay and chat with you for a while, Mr. Boynton, but I've got to rush right into my room. What's your hurry, Mrs. Davis? It's the only way I can think of to make myself scarce. <laughs> now, you be a good boy, Mr. Boynton. Connie, if you need me, just yell. I should live so long. <laughs> See you later, Mrs. Davis. Well, Miss Brooks... Before we sit down to lunch, I'd like to clarify some of the remarks I made to you on the telephone. You see, I got the feeling at times that you didn't quite comprehend the nature of this deal. Deal? Yes, it's a real estate deal. My Uncle Harry over in Florence has given me the opportunity to pick up the option on a couple of choice lots. I'm letting you in on the ground floor, Miss Brooks. I couldn't feel any lower if you let me in the basement. <laughs> I mean... What am I supposed to do with a couple of lots? Oh, they're not just any lots, Miss Brooks. They're a wonderful buy. My uncle says they should triple in value in a few months, and he ought to know. He's justice of the peace in Florence. Knows everybody in town. Your uncle is justice of the peace? Well, yes, he has been for years. Well, it's a good thing he doesn't depend on you to throw business his way. <laughs> but how come you never mentioned your Uncle Harry before? Oh, I don't know. I never thought of it, I guess. He's always been after me to get married and settle down. Peculiar old codger. Careful, Mr. Boynton. You're speaking of the uncle I love. <laughs> well, the nicest part of this option is we won't have to put up much cash to secure it. When can we take a look at these prospective oil fields? Well, I thought we'd drive out right after lunch. It's not very far. Oh, fine. Now let's sit down, Mr. Boynton. We'll have a nice, cozy lunch. Just you and me. And the doorbell makes three. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, it's Walter Denton. Greetings, most revered and hallowed instructor. <laughs> well, thanks, Walter, but what brings you to your ivy-covered old teacher during vacation? Well, I was just cruising around the neighborhood, and I thought you might want to lift somewhere. 
Oh, that was very thoughtful, but I've got company, Walter. Company? Who? Oh, it's Mr. Boynton. Hi, Mr. Boynton. Hi, Walter. We were about to have our lunch. Lunch? Oh, gee, that's embarrassing, Miss Brooks. My barging in on you like this, I mean. I hardly know what to say. Have you thought of goodbye, Miss Brooks? <laughs> Gosh, something smells awfully good. Haven't you eaten your lunch yet? No, I haven't, Miss Brooks. Then don't let me keep you. <laughs> now I know what that delicious smell is. It's pot roast. Mmm, Miss Brooks, would you mind terribly if I... Well, that is... Could I... Of course, Walter. Go right ahead and take another sniff before you leave. <laughs> oh, well, I'll just say goodbye to Mr. Boynton first. Guess I'll be running along now, Mr. Boynton. Oh, what's your hurry, Walter? Oh, Walter has any number of pressing things to do, haven't you? No, ma'am. No, I haven't got a thing to do. <laughs> Smell that gravy. I'm starved. Well, as long as Walter's so hungry, Miss Brooks, maybe you ought to give him a bite. I'll be glad to. <laughs> Stick out your arm, Walter. <laughs> I mean, let's all sit down. Oh, man, that's what I call a meal. I sure enjoyed it, Miss Brooks. Oh, I'm glad, Mr. Boynton. How did you like it, Walter? <laughs> He's still liking it. <laughs> You said a mouthful that time. Well, we'd better get going, Mr. Boynton. If you'll excuse me a moment, I'll say goodbye to Mrs. Davis. Oh, certainly. Come in. I just wanted to say goodbye, Mrs. Davis. Oh, well, have a nice time, dear. Oh, before you go, I forgot to tell you that while you were shopping, Mr. Conklin called. He said he wanted to talk to you about something this afternoon. This afternoon? But I'm going to be busy. I'm going over to Florence with Mr. Boynton. I tell you what, Connie, just leave a phone number where I can reach you. And if Mr. Conklin sounds too terribly urgent the next time he calls, I'll let you know. All right, Mrs. Davis. And when you go into the dinette, don't be alarmed if you see a tall boy with a slightly purple face. It's Walter Denton. Walter Denton? What's he doing here? The last time I saw him, he was eating the string around the pot roast. <laughs> Brush your teeth with Colgate's Colgate Dental Cream It cleans your breath What a toothpaste What cleans your teeth Colgate toothpaste Cleans your breath What a toothpaste What cleans your teeth Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath While it cleans your teeth And the Colgate way stops tooth decay best Yes, the Colgate way is the most thoroughly proved And accepted home method of oral hygiene known today Over two years research showed brushing teeth right after eating with Colgate Dental Cream helped stop more decay for more people than ever before reported in dentifrice history. The Colgate way stopped tooth decay best. No other dentifrice, ammoniated or not, offers such conclusive proof. And you should know that Colgate's, while not mentioned by name, was the only toothpaste used in the research on tooth decay recently reported in Reader's Digest. So always follow the Colgate way to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and stop tooth decay best. Brush your teeth with Colgate's Colgate Dental Cream. It cleans your breath. What a toothpaste. What cleans your teeth. And the Colgate way stops tooth decay best. Well, 
Well, before she and Mr. Boynton left for the community of Florence, Miss Brooks jotted down his Uncle Harry's phone number and left it on Mrs. Davis's telephone stand. About an hour later, Walter Denton arose from the living room couch, stretched, yawned, and spoke. Oh, nothing like a good meal and a nice nap. Miss Brooks and Mr. Boynton took off, huh? Quite a while ago. But while you were sleeping, Mr. Conklin called and said he had some important reports that he wanted Miss Brooks to get out by tonight. Well, where'd she go? She didn't say. She just left this phone number. But I misplaced my glasses again. Will you dial it for me? Oh, sure, Mrs. Davis. Uh, Funny, I can never remember the rest of those words. Hello, Justice Henderson speaking. Who? Justice of the Peace Henderson. I must have the wrong number. Is this Florence 2164? That's right. Well, is Miss Brooks or Mr. Boynton there? Oh, no, indeed. They were here, but as soon as they signed the necessary papers, they took off like a couple of kids. (laughs) Papers? You mean they... Oh, they sure are. They're hooked up now. (laughs) Well, I'll be. Thanks, Your Justiceship. Thanks a lot. Who were you talking to, Walter? To a justice of the peace, Mrs. Davis. Our little Miss Brooks is a married woman. What? Oh, but she never mentioned a word to me. Surely she... Well, she must have a very good reason for keeping this marriage a secret. Now, I know I can depend on you to keep whatever you suspect to yourself, Walter. As one of Miss Brooks' most trusted confidants, I can do no less, Mrs. Davis. Rest assured that this secret is ours and ours alone. Let's see now. What's Harriet Conklin's phone number again? Seventy-six, seventy-seven. Here we are, seventy-eight and seventy-nine. These are the lots we've optioned, Miss Brooks. How do you like them? I can't see them under all that mud. (laughs) Must have rained out here last night. This property's going to be very valuable someday. All it needs is a few improvements. You mean like replacing the swamp with a dirt road? (laughs) I I know you're jesting, Miss Brooks. Oh, it's beautiful out here. Just take a breath of that air. Hmm, it's enough to make a person burst into song. I know just how you feel. Bum, 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 Chloe! Please, Miss Brooks. Please, these happen to be two of the choicest lots in this part of the country. I know, but what country is this? My Uncle Harry wouldn't give us a wrong steer, Miss Brooks. This may be the start of a very lucrative sideline. After we sell this property at a profit, there's no telling how far we can go. Unless we pick up a couple of lots on Mars, this is about as far as anybody can go. <laughs> oh, it isn't that bad. Well, I guess we better start back now. Just how far is it to civilization, Mr. Boynton? I don't know the exact mileage, but we're not too far from home. Now, don't worry, I'll get you back all right. Oh, I'm not worried, Mr. Boynton. But just to be on the safe side, let's get some directions from that bear over there. Daddy? Oh, Daddy, where are you? I'm lying down on the living room couch, Harriet. You have my permission to approach me. (laughs) 
was a phone call while you were napping, Daddy. Yes, yes, I heard it vaguely, but I dozed off again while you were speaking. Was it Miss Brooks answering my previous call? No, Daddy, it was Walter. Golly, I don't like to violate a confidence, but you are my father, and you also happen to be the principal of my high school. Of course, Harriet, I... Harriet, this is vacation time for me. When your dear mother left the house this morning to visit your dear granny, I rather looked forward to this as a day which would be singularly free from yatata. <laughs> so if you cannot control this impulse to jabber at me, please... But it's not jabber, Daddy. It's... Oh, wait till you hear this news. Please, child. Must you make all your remarks sound like a bulletin which will send me leaping into the air as if a couch spring had erupted beneath me? <laughs> I'm sorry, Daddy. It's just that Miss Brooks has eloped. So she's eloped. During her vacation period, every teacher is entitled to do whatever he or she... Miss Brooks has eloped! <laughs> Must be calm. I must remember my blood pressure. So she's done it. The one woman on the entire faculty I could have sworn was eloped through. Oh, Daddy, you shouldn't be so upset. After all, it isn't a tragedy. Oh, it isn't, eh? You think you find capable English teachers on trees? No, Daddy. Although at the moment I wouldn't mind seeing this one dangling from a tree. <laughs> well, don't stand there gaping, girl. It's almost 5:30. We've got to go over to Mrs. Davis's place and get to the bottom of this. But what can we do, Daddy? By now, they're probably on their honeymoon. That's where you're wrong, Harriet. Mr. Boynton couldn't possibly start on his honeymoon today. Why not? The zoo closes at five sharp. It's getting pretty dark, Mr. Boynton. We'll have to hurry if we're to be home in time for dinner. Oh, I'm not planning on getting back for dinner, Miss Brooks. After the splendid lunch you prepared for me at noon, I, I thought it only fair to reciprocate. You mean we're going to a restaurant? Not exactly. I, I thought we'd eat on the road. Aren't you afraid of being hit by passing cars? <laughs> there are lots of nice little roadside places, Miss Brooks. After all, it isn't the food that's important. It, it's the fun of having, having it together. You're so right, Mr. Boynton. And being treated to dinner is even more fun. Of course, after that lunch we had, it'll be difficult to eat very much more. Oh, I don't know. I could find room. <laughs> Just think, we had pot roast, potatoes, lima beans, salad, rice pudding, and milk. But that was six hours ago. I know, but when people get past their 20s, Miss Brooks, much of their caloric intake turns to nothing but flabby blubber, and <laughs> if there's one thing that makes a woman attractive to me, it's... Uh, a nice, slim figure. Mr. Boynton. Yes? Pass me a toothpick and keep on driving. <laughs> Almost seven o'clock and still no word from Connie. It isn't like her to do things like this. Get married, you mean? Please, Walter, this is no laughing matter. Just think, Mr. Conklin. Only six hours ago, I had lunch with them. What? Then you must have been the last person to see them alive. <laughs> uh, single, single. 
<laughs> of course, outside of that alleged justice of the peace you spoke to, there's no real proof that they're married. Well, golly, Daddy, what more proof do you want? Yeah, tell me, Denton, when you saw them at lunch, how did they act? How did they look? Same way they always do. Miss Brooks didn't take her eyes off Mr. Boynton's face, and Mr. Boynton didn't take his eyes off his plate. Oh, that's the front door. I'll go. Oh, and me too. So will I. Harriet, stand where you are. We'll wait in here. Honey. And Mr. Boynton, come on in. Oh, hi, folks. Connie, you bad girl. You should have let me know. At least I could have had some rice ready to toss at you. Well, thanks just the same, Mrs. Davis. But when you get past 20, rice just turns to blubber. <laughs> Congratulations, Mr. Boynton. And you too, Miss Brooks. I... <laughs> Miss Brooks. Oh, gosh, I guess I'll always think of you as Miss Brooks. You don't mind, do you? Mine? What should you think of me as? Casey Stengel? <laughs> Still in there pitching. But what you've done has made most of us very happy. <laughs> I, for one, am looking forward to the day when you invite me out to your new place. Well, you can come out anytime, Walter. Sure, we'll sit around and make mud pies. <laughs> company in the living room, Connie. Come on in. Oh. Well, Mr. Conklin and Harriet. Best of everything, folks. Thanks, Harriet. I cannot share my daughter's enthusiasm for this affair. I'm deeply chagrined at not being notified. Well, you see, sir, my uncle didn't want too many people to know about it. Your uncle? What has he got to do with anything? Oh, he was responsible for the whole deal. He's the justice of the peace in Florence. But as principal of Madison High, I am entitled if to... If I know may something... say so, Mr. Conklin, I, I don't think it should concern anyone at school if, if I want to go out and pick up a piece of property. <laughs> what a strange way to put it. But it does concern Madison. I have a right to know whether or not we're losing our English teacher. Losing me? But, Mr. Conklin, I'm nowhere near financial independence yet. I've got to continue my teaching. Don't forget, this is only my first venture. <laughs> Your first venture? Well, certainly. If this one works out, she may take a crack at four or five others. <laughs> What? Well, why not? After all, Mr. Boynton's uncle can probably put me next to plenty of good things. <laughs> well, I never... <laughs> Harriet, Harriet, Walter, leave the room at once. You're too young for this sort of conversation. We've aged considerably in the last few minutes. <laughs> I can't understand you, Connie, taking your marriage so lightly. My marriage? Her marriage? Didn't you two get married this afternoon? Miss Brooks and me get, get married this afternoon? What? Heavens, no. <laughs> Can you imagine anything like that, Miss Brooks? Constantly. <laughs> But if you're not married, why did Walter tell Harriet well, that you were... I only told Harriet what Justice Henderson told me, that they signed the papers and were hooked up. Now I understand. When Uncle Harry told you we were hooked up, you thought we were married. Well, sure, wouldn't you? Oh, but the whole thing was just a real estate deal. Miss Brooks and I bought some lots together. Lots? 
Well, oh, <laughs> this is rich. <laughs> what a mix-up. <laughs> it's a scream. <laughs> this entire affair is nothing but a comedy of errors. As a student of Shakespeare, don't you agree, Miss Brooks? As a student of the Kefauver Committee, I refuse to answer on the grounds that it may tend to incriminate me. <laughs> Arden returns in just a moment, but first... You'll get smoother, more comfortable, comfortable shaves by shaving the palm on a brushless way. Yes, smoother, more comfortable, comfortable shaves the palm on a brushless way. Hey, hey, that's a fact, men. You can get smoother, yes, more comfortable shaves the palm olive brushless shaving cream way. Just rub velvet smooth palm olive brushless into your beard you'll find it wilts the toughest whiskers, actually protects your skin by providing a soft film that floats your razor's cutting edge. Remember, over 1,200 men tested the Palmolive Brushless Shaving Cream Way following directions on the package. And no matter how they shaved before, three out of four reported beards easier to cut, less razor pull, smoother, more comfortable, yes, more comfortable shaves. So men, try the Palmolive Brushless Way yourself. Even in cold or hard water, you get a close, clean shave. And a smoother, more comfortable, yes, a more comfortable shave. You'll get smoother, more comfortable, comfortable shaves the Palm Olive Brushless Way. Boom. Next time you shave, try the Palm Olive Brushless Shaving Cream Way. Now, once again, here is Eve Arden. In the event of enemy attack, who would be the first to rush to the aid of the stricken? Who is always first in any disaster? The Red Cross. Because of the present national emergency, the Red Cross must mobilize for defense at once. To do it, they need your help. A contribution to this outstanding organization is a contribution to the comfort and aid of your loved ones and yourself in time of any emergency. So give generously. The need is great. Miss Brooks Show, brought to you by Palmolive Shave Cream for a smoother, more comfortable way to shave, and Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, written by Al Lewis and Arthur Allsberg, with the music of Wilbur Hatch. Mr. Boynton is played by Jeff Chandler, Mr. Conklin by Gail Gordon. Others in tonight's cast were Jane Morgan, Dick Crana, Gloria McMillan, and Paul McVeigh. Ladies and gentlemen, we take pride in announcing that Eve Arden has been named radio's most outstanding female personality by the Southern California Society of Radio and Television Editors. Thank you very much. To this, with Marvellous Bell, B-E-L, you can save 90% of dishwashing work. A quick soak in Vell Suds gets dishes and glassware shiny clean. Even if a bit of food should cling, a touch with a dishcloth gets rid of it fast. Yes, Vell's activated suds lift off and carry away food and grease. So all dish dishes need is a quick rinse, and they dry sparkling without washing or wiping. All pots and pans need is a soaking with Vell suds. Then you can wash them shiny clean without hard scouring. What's more, Vell is a miracle of mildness. So get new Vell. Save 90% of dishwashing work. 
If you like mysteries that are as full of chuckles as chills, be sure to hear Mr. and Mrs. North every Tuesday over this same network. Hear Mr. and Mrs. North every Tuesday night. And be with us again next week at the same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Bob Lamont speaking. Stay tuned now for Jack Benny. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden from October 30th, 1949. Also in the cast, Jane Morgan, Richard Crenna, Gail Gordon, Jeff Chandler, and Gloria McMillan. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another episode of Our Miss Brooks for you after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. It's time now for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. In this episode, Mr. Boynton is planning on buying a parcel of land. Or is it a swamp? Here's Eve Arden as Our Miss Brooks. Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay and luster cream shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair bring you Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks written by Al Lewis. Well, many of us find it extremely difficult to get up early every morning, but our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, has been doing it for years. Yes, and I've learned one thing about early rising that's helped me immeasurably. Once I jump out of bed, close the window, and do my setting up exercises, there's only one more thing I want to do, and that's to get right back in bed again. <laughs> Last Friday morning, though, I was up and almost dressed by the time my landlady knocked on the door. Get up, Connie. I am up, Mrs. Davis. Come on in. I'm trying to get to school early so I can chat with Mr. Boynton for a few minutes before our first class. Is Mr. Boynton still as unapproachable as ever, Connie? I guess so, Mrs. Davis. But you know something? During this past week, I've gotten closer to him than ever before. Really, dear? How did you do that? I've been wearing my sneakers to school. <laughs> I hope I've got time for breakfast before Walter Denton comes to pick me up. There's something he wants to talk to me about before school starts. Well, he can talk to you at breakfast, Connie. My goodness, you've got to keep your strength up some way. We both know you don't get enough sleep. Well, I didn't last night. Minerva slept in here with me, and she was very restless. I don't know what's the matter with that cat lately. Between you and me, Connie, I think she's got something. Between you and me, I think she's got several. <laughs> Maybe it's a mistake to let her get so friendly with the collie next door. 
They play together all the time, you know. Oh, so that's the source. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Minerva had me up half the night with her pounding. That's just her tail beating on the floor while she's hunting. Well, I don't mind her tail thumping so much, but every time she catches something with one paw, she applauds with the other three. <laughs> Suppose we join Minerva in the breakfast nook. I've just given her some milk. Fine, I'll have a saucer full, too. <laughs> Sit right down, dear. I'll boil you a couple of eggs. And just one egg will be plenty, Mrs. Davis. Mm. Well, I... Oh, <coughs> Walter... That must be Walter Denton now. Just six eggs will be plenty, Mrs. Davis. <laughs> the door isn't locked. Come in, Walter. Ah, hiya, Miss Brooks, Mrs. Davis. Hello, Walter. How do you want your eggs, Walter? Quickly, please. <laughs> Have you breakfast yet? Oh, sure, but it's 7.30 almost, and we eat an awful early breakfast at my place. How early? Quarter to seven. <laughs> I don't know how you're still standing up. I'll whip up an omelette for all of us. Miss Brooks, I'd like to ask you about something. What's that, Walter? Well, as you know, Halloween is usually celebrated tomorrow night, Saturday. But Harriet Conklin's going up to her folks' bungalow at Crystal Lake for the weekend, so we wondered if it would be all right with you if we celebrated the holiday tonight. Well, why come to me? Shouldn't you contact the Goblins Union? <laughs> we wanted to sort of have a little party. You know, Harriet and my pal Stretch Snodgrass and I, and uh, we were planning on inviting you, too. Oh? Uh, where were you planning on holding this party, Walter? At your place. <laughs> Nice of you to invite me along But I'm afraid we couldn't have any Halloween parties here, Walter After all, I don't own this cottage I just rent a room for Mrs. Davis Oh, we've already got her permission She's going to the movies tonight Harriet asked her on the phone yesterday It's just up to you, Miss Brooks Well, I'm afraid I'm not interested in Halloween parties, Walter I've got quite a bit of work to catch up on And tonight looks like an ideal time to do it Sorry, but you'll have to hold your party someplace else Gee, Miss Brooks, Harriet and Stretch will be awfully disappointed And so will Mr. Boynton Mr. Boynton? Yeah I was talking to him yesterday And he was saying what swell fun he always thought Halloween was when he was a kid And then we invited him to the party, too And he accepted And now there's no place to have the party What's wrong with having the party right here? <laughs> Hello, Principal's office. Osgood Conklin himself speaking. Hello, Osgood. It's me, Martha. We've been married 18 years, woman. I know your name. Please, dear. Do try not to be so testy. Do you realize that you left home this morning without even saying goodbye? Well, that's easily remedied. Goodbye. Wait, Osgood. I just called to remind you about your doctor's appointment this morning. He said he wanted to see you before we go to Crystal Lake tomorrow. I am well aware of that fact. I've had plenty of time to think about it during the sleepless hours I spent listening to your dog thumping his tail at the foot of our bed all night. <laughs> but Prince was so lonesome, dear. After all, we've got each other. He's all alone. Well, he wasn't alone last night. <laughs> I never heard such scratching in all my born days. What's he got, anyway? Well, he can't possibly have anything, dear. You know he doesn't play with other dogs. In fact, he would have died of loneliness last week if I hadn't taken him over to Mrs. Davis's to play with her cat, Minerva. <laughs> well, you've got to keep him away from me. 
My blood pressure is higher than it's been in years. To make my morning complete, when I bent down to tie my shoelaces, my glasses fell off. Did they break? Not until I straightened up and stepped on them. <laughs> well, darling, in a couple of days in Crystal Lake, that will make a new man of you. Now go down to the doctor's and get a nice sedative to take with you. Very well, Martha. It's a good thing I have an extra pair of glasses with me or I couldn't find my way to the door. Now, whatever you do, Osgood, don't break those. Thank you, my dear. I think that's sterling advice. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, it's later than I thought. I'd better hurry. So you see, Walter, if we all meet in the cafeteria at lunchtime, we can make the plans for... Oh! Good. Miss Brooks, I presume. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Conklin. I didn't see you coming. Oh, dear, I seem to have broken your glasses. Do you have another pair? No, Miss Brooks, I haven't. <laughs> but perhaps I could get you a long stick and let you smash the windows in my office! You seem to be in quite a hurry, Mr. Conklin. Could I maybe take you somewhere? Who is speaking? <laughs> it's me, Walter Denton. Your daughter Harriet's dream boat. My daughter Harriet's... I'll talk to you later, Miss Brooks. Denton, pick up that shattered glass. Yes, sir. Well, what should I do with it, Mr. Conklin? Eat it, you lame brain dunce! <laughs> Mr. Conklin's sure in a bad mood today. He looks pretty purple, doesn't he? Even for him. He certainly is excitable. Hi, Walter. Oh, hello, Miss Brooks. Hi. Hello, Harriet. Did you run into Daddy yet this morning? It's in the hands of the insurance company now. <laughs> His temper's pretty miserable today. Yes, I know. Poor Daddy's been depressed all week long. I don't know what it is. We all try to please him. What he needs is some recreation and diversion. Say, I have an idea. What is it, Miss Brooks? Well, instead of my place tonight, why don't we have our Halloween party at your house, Harriet? That way we could surprise your father and cheer him up a little bit. <laughs> Wonderful. Miss Brooks, you've done it again. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, will continue in just a moment. But first, here is Vern Smith. Now, proof that brushing teeth right after eating with Colgate Dental Cream helps stop tooth decay before it starts. Continuous research, hundreds of case histories, makes this the most conclusive proof in all dentifrice research on tooth decay. Eminent dental authorities supervised hundreds of college men and women for over two years. One group always brushed their teeth with Colgate's right after eating. The other followed their usual dental care. The group using Colgate Dental Cream is directed, using Colgate's exclusively showed a startling reduction in average number of cavities, far less tooth decay. The other group developed new cavities at a much higher rate. No other dentifrice offers proof of these results. Modern research indicates decay is caused by mouth acids which are at their worst after meals or snacks. Brushing teeth with Colgate's as directed helps remove acids before they harm enamel. Yes, Colgate's contains all the necessary ingredients, including an exclusive patented ingredient for effective daily dental care. So remember, always use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay.
anxious as I was to get back into Mr. Conklin's good graces, I determined to make the Halloween party Friday night a roaring success. I had asked the kids to meet me in the school cafeteria at lunchtime, and the first one to show up was Madison's star athlete, Stretch Snodgrass. Although a whiz on the football field, Stretch's outstanding scholastic achievement occurred during a test last week when he spelled his name correctly. <laughs> I was having a cup of coffee when he approached my table. Here I am, Miss Brooks. Mind if I sit down? Not at all, Stretch, but wouldn't you like to bring some food over before we discuss the party? Oh, no, ma'am. I already ate. Please, Stretch. <laughs> I've already eaten. Oh, good. Then we can get right down to business. <laughs> Walter said he thought we all ought to masquerade as something tonight. That's a fine idea, Stretch. You could come as a student. <laughs> well, I got my outfit all set, Miss Brooks. I got some chaps home and spurs and, and two six-shooters that shoot real blanks. I'm coming as Hopalong Cassidy. That is, if nobody minds. Why should anybody mind, unless Roy Rogers shows up? <laughs> what are you going to masquerade as, Miss Brooks? Oh, I haven't made up my mind yet, Stretch. Of course, every good Halloween party should have a witch. Yes, I might come as a witch. Perfect. <laughs> Don't sound so enthusiastic. It's pretty short notice to get a costume made, and I may not... Why go to all that trouble? Why don't you just wear what you got on? Big as he is, I'll have to slug him Now look, Stretch, I... Hiya, Miss Brooks, Stretch Well, things are sure shaping up Look at these swell noisemakers I bought this morning When did you find time to get all this junk, Walter? I sneaked out of one of my morning classes Walter, you didn't Well, it was important, Miss Brooks Besides, there's no harm done Nobody even noticed I was gone That's what I like, a nice observant teacher Oh, it wasn't the teacher's fault you were facing the blackboard at the time. <laughs> hey, look at this horn. It's got a siren in the mouthpiece. Listen. Please, Walter, you're in the cafeteria. So what? One more blast like that, and the beef stew will pull over to the right. <laughs> now tell me, how are you going to the masquerade? I got a terrific idea, Miss Brooks. I'm just going to put on an old sheet. Do you think Mr. Conklin will get a kick out of me as a ghost? If he thought it was on the level, it would add ten years to his life. <laughs> what are you coming as, Miss Brooks? Oh, I haven't quite decided yet. Any suggestions? Well, oh, just one. I don't want you to think I'm being fresh or anything, but, well, this is going to be a Halloween party, and, well, I'd be glad to furnish you with a broom. <laughs> I guess I'm a natural for it. Look who's coming over. Oh, it's Mr. Boynton. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Hello, Walter. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Hello, Stretch. Hello, Miss Brooks. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Goodbye, Walter. Goodbye, Stretch. <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. Stretch. Don't you know the old expression, two's company, three's a crowd? Well, sure I do. But there's four of us. <laughs> Figure out a costume for tonight. Uh, see you later, folks. Yeah, see you later, folks. Oh, so long, boys. Well, Miss Brooks, I think it's a splendid idea you're giving this little surprise party for our principal tonight. It should do him a world of good. It should do us a world of good, too, if he brightens up a bit. What kind of an outfit do you think you'll wear, Mr. Boynton? Well, I've got a skeleton costume home that I used to have quite a bit of fun with in my college days. It's just a black, tight fitting garment with a bunch of bones hanging on it. Bones? <laughs> Yes, they're treated with a phosphorescent paint that makes them glow in the dark. 
It's quite a startling effect, the more so since I gathered the bones when I was an anatomy student. From anyone I know? <laughs> I don't mean to dwell on it, Miss Brooks, but I find bones a rather fascinating subject, don't you? That depends on what they're wrapped up in. <laughs> yes. Uh, how, how are you masquerading tonight? Oh, I don't know. If you're coming as a skeleton, maybe I'll come as a bottle of vitamins. <laughs> I'm really a little stumped, Mr. Boynton. What do you think I should be? Well, the two most popular figures associated with Halloween are a black cat and a witch. And I'm much too tall for a cat. <laughs> Walter! Oh, Walter! Yes, Miss Brooks? Get a lube job on that broom, boy. Constance Brooks rides tonight. <laughs> I'm glad we're going away in the morning, Martha Dr. Benson told me I'm very close to the breaking point Yes, of course, Oz Don't shout so <laughs> He said that some of my trouble was caused by my blood pressure But that part of it was due to an overactive imagination He wants me to be calm, relax more I'd like to see him relax with that recurring dream I've had. You mean the one where the ghost visits you at night? Yes. yes. Only the last couple of times it's gotten worse. Instead of a plain ghost, I've been getting one with Walter Denton's head on it. Really, Osgood, I, I just don't know what you've got against that poor boy. Harriet's very fond of him. Then she should see a doctor, too. <laughs> Where is she, Martha? Well, she's in her room, dear, getting dressed. She said something about a party tonight. Parties? It's all kids nowadays think about. Well, there won't be any parties at Crystal Lake. There won't be any nightmares either. Why, Martha, do you realize that while I was sitting in the doctor's office today, I saw a bulldog by his desk? A bulldog? It was the shadow of his umbrella stand. But I almost jumped out of my skin before he explained it. Things like that happen to people every day, Osgood. Not to me, they don't. At least they'd better not. How do you think the Board of Education would like it if they thought one of their principals went around seeing bulldogs? <laughs> Just don't mention it to anyone, darling. Now I'm going to get you a glass of warm milk and you stay right comfy in your chair till I get back. You're very well. <laughs> yes. That thing looked like a bulldog. Martha's right, though. I'd better not mention it to a soul. Now, who in the world can that be? Coming! Good evening, Mr. Conklin. May I come in? There's no tactical way I can refuse you admission. <laughs> come in, Miss Brooks. Have the others arrived yet? Others? What others? You'll see when they get here. Is Harriet at home? Yes, yes. She's putting on her party dress. Oh, then you know about it. It should do you a lot of good, Mr. Conklin. There's nothing like a house full of people to get your mind off yourself. A house full of... Uh, Miss Brooks, is this party to be given in this house? Of course. I see. Then if you'll excuse me, I'll just take my hat and coat and beat an orderly retreat. But, Mr. Conklin... My doctor has forbidden any excitement whatsoever. Your doctor? This is a fine time to tell me. I mean, I didn't know you were in such bad shape, Mr. Conklin. I am on the verge of a nervous collapse, Miss Brooks. But I don't want to spoil everybody's fun. I'll just leave quietly. Leave? But, Mr. Conklin, where'll you go? What's the difference where I go? 
I'll just wander around the park like a homeless gypsy. You can't do that. You wouldn't look good in earrings. I mean, you're not a well man, Mr. Conklin. Look, Mrs. Davis is going to the movies tonight. Now, why don't you let me drive you over to our place until I can eliminate the horde of pests, uh, guests who are coming here? <laughs> You'll love it over there, Mr. Conklin. You'll be able to relax completely. If it will stave off my breakdown, Miss Brooks, it's the least I can do for my family. Miss Brooks left right after dinner, Mr. Boynton. I guess she forgot to buy a few items for the party tonight. I'm sure she'll be right back. Fine. Swell. This way our surprise will work out even better. Surprise? Yes, ma'am. We thought we'd try out some of our Halloween tricks on Miss Brooks before we go over to Mr. Conklin's house. That's a wonderful idea. I hope I didn't scare you in my ghost outfit. No, I thought you were the laundry man. <laughs> How do you like my costume, Mrs. Davis? My, you've lost weight, haven't you? This, this is a skeleton suit in honor of Halloween. <laughs> Isn't that terrifying? And who's this cowboy with you? I'm Hopalong Cassidy, Mrs. Davis, but I'm really Stretch Snodgrass. I'd never have known. Well, if you'll all go into the house, I'm sure Miss Brooks will be delighted to see you. I've got to get down to the theater now. Oh, what movie are you seeing tonight, Mrs. Davis? Jolson sings again, again. <laughs> again, again? I saw it last week also. <laughs> Have a nice time, children. <laughs> what should I do with this bucket of water we're ducking for apples in, Waller? Oh, just put it down by the piano, Stretch. Now, I'll tell you what we'll do. Before Miss Brooks comes back, let's all hide somewhere so we can really surprise her. Good idea, Walter. Now, why don't you get behind that couch, stretch you hide behind the kitchen door, and I'll get into the hall closet. Great. Then we'll all come out when I blow this whistle. Okay? Got you, Walter. Hey, look, out the window. Miss Brooks is coming up the walk, and she's got Mr. Conklin with her. Mr. Conklin? Oh, she probably wanted to get him out of the way while we were getting things ready at his place. So much the better. We'll surprise both of them at the same time. <laughs> now, first I'll put the lights out. Quick, let's get out of sight. Well, here we are, Mr. Conklin. I guess Mrs. Davis has left for the movies. The lights are all out. Well, it does seem quite deserted in here. I'll turn on this hall light so you can see to hang your things up in the closet. I'll turn some lights on in the living room while you put your hat and coat away. Thank you, Miss Brooks. Miss Brooks! Miss Brooks! What is it, Mr. Conklin? What's the trouble? Your closet! In the hall! What do you keep in there? Just my coat, Mr. Conklin. I see. I see. Tell me, Miss Brooks, is it a long black coat with luminous bones? Luminous bones? Huh? Oh, no. Huh? Oh, please wait right here, Mr. Conklin. I'll investigate. Oh, it's me, Miss Brooks. You should have seen Mr. Conklin's face when Get he was... behind those other coats immediately, Mr. Boynton. But, Miss Brooks... I you... can't explain now, but don't you dare come out of there until you get a signal. Well, Miss Brooks, what did you see? See? I didn't see anything, Mr. Conklin. It must have been your imagination. 
my imagination. Then the doctor was right. Is that Mr. Conklin? I'd, I'd rather not talk about it, Miss Brooks. If I could just lie down somewhere. Oh, of course, Mr. Conklin. Just stretch out on this couch. I'll go get another cushion for you. All right. Uh, uh, that's better. I must be quite a sick man. If I weren't sick, I wouldn't be moaning like this. On the other hand, it's better than trying... What am I saying? I'm not the one who's moaning. I've returned. I've come back. Who's that? Where are you? Look behind you. Behind the cow. Behind the tree. Are you all right? What happened? Miss, Miss Brooks, how long have I been asleep? Asleep? Yeah. You just hit the couch, Mr. Conklin. <laughs> Which reminds me, maybe you'd better see a good psychiatrist. This screaming of yours can lead to something dangerous. Just, just do me a favor, Miss Brooks. Look behind that couch. Certainly, sir, if it'll make you feel any better. But I assure you, there's absolutely nothing behind this couch. <laughs> I'm sorry if I startled you, Mr. Conklin, but my cat Minerva's back here. With a sheet? She was making her bed. <laughs> Stay out of sight, Minerva. There's a good gurga boy. A girl. If you don't mind, Miss Brooks, I'd like to take a couple of pills my doctor prescribed. May I have some water, please? Certainly, sir. If you've got an extra pill or two, I'll be happy to join you. <laughs> Just sit right here, Miss Conklin. I'll go into the kitchen and get some water. Now, on second thought, you'd better come with me. I don't want you to get nervous again. Yes, I, I think you're right, Miss Brooks. Doesn't do for me to be alone lately. Now, where's that light switch? Well, dog might catch if it ain't roundup time. <laughs> What was that? What was what? Miss Brooks, do you mean to tell me I've actually taken leave of my senses? Oh, it isn't a real leave, Mr. Conklin. You're just on a weekend pass. Oh, lots of people get temporary hallucinations. Maybe we'd better go back to your house. Yes, yes, at a time like this, I suppose I should be near my loved one. Happy Halloween, Mr. Conklin. Look, it's me. Denton, when did you... How did you... 
What's this? It's just my coat coming over. Get back to the closet. <laughs> it's me, Mr. Conklin. I'm a skeleton, see? Look at me, Mr. Conklin. I'm hop along Cassidy, and I'll plug the first hombre that makes a move. Snodgrass? I... Oh, stop that! <laughs> oh, I must be calm. I must control myself. What's wrong, Mr. Conklin? You don't seem to be enjoying yourself. Yeah, you act all jumpy and funny. Gosh, Miss Brooks went to a lot of trouble to get this thing organized. Walter, please. Oh, Miss Brooks organized it, did she? Sure, she planned the whole thing. She deserves every bit of credit. Well, she's certainly going to get it. Miss Brooks, I want to... Miss Brooks, Miss Brooks, get your head out of that bucket. This is no time to be ducking for apples. <laughs> Who's ducking for apples? I'm trying to drown myself. <laughs> Martin is our Miss Brooks returns in just a moment, but first. Dream girl, dream girl, beautiful luster cream girl. Tonight? Yes, tonight. Show him how much lovelier your hair can look after a luster cream shampoo. Luster cream, world's finest shampoo. No other shampoo in the world gives K. Dumit's magic blend of secret ingredients plus gentle lanolin. Not a soap, not a liquid, luster cream shampoo leaves hair three ways lovelier. Fragrantly clean, free of loose dandruff, glistening with sheen, soft, manageable. Even in hardest water, luster cream lathers instantly. No special rinse needed after a luster cream shampoo. So gentle, luster cream is wonderful even for children's hair. Tonight, yes, tonight, try luster cream shampoo. Dream girl, dream girl, beautiful luster cream girl, you owe your crowning glory to a luster cream shampoo. And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks. Well, Mr. Conklin was so glad to find out that the things he thought had been happening to him had been happening to him, that he excused us all and hurried home. Shortly afterwards, I excused Walter and Stretch, which left just Mr. Boynton, the parlor sofa, and me. Well, here we are, Miss Brooks. You know, with that lamplight shining on your hair, you're, you're absolutely, well... Yes, Mr. Boynton? Yoo-hoo! Yoo-hoo, folks! What's that? Look, at the window, it's Mrs. Davis with a pumpkin head. Just what I needed. Happy Halloween, Connie. Trick or treat. I've got a trick, Mrs. Davis. Here's 60 cents. Treat yourself to Jolson Sings again, again, again. <laughs> Next week, tune into another Armist Brooks show brought to you by Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair and Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, directed by Al Lewis, with music by Wilbur Hatch. Men, here is actual, factual proof of more comfortable, actually smoother shaves by using Palmolive Lather Shaving Cream. 1,251 men tried the Palmolive Lather way to shave, described on the tube. And no matter how they had shaved before, three out of four got more comfortable, actually smoother shaves. Try Palmolive Lather Shaving Cream. See if you don't get more comfortable, actually smoother shaves, the Palmolive Lather Shaving Cream way. 
Be sure to listen to Mr. and Mrs. North Tuesday evening over most of these same stations. And be with us again next week at this same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Bob Lamont speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden from March 25th, 1951. Also in the cast, Jeff Chandler, Jane Morgan, Richard Crenna, and Paul McVeigh. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode six of the Classic Radio Theater after this break. Next time on episode six of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two sci-fi episodes of X-1, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in next time. Thanks for listening.